the biggest thing, what's most important and why this really needs to be a hospitality industry are your reviews and how much your reviews actually matter. Yeah, well, it's live and die by reviews. It became more transparent. And I think it's a good thing. Like that way you can raise your standards and keep your standards, not, oh, I can hide this bad experience somehow. Like, no. I mean, I've, man, I've lost out on probably five or six listings this year because I was completely honest with my clients. I told them it wasn't the right move to sell or it wasn't the right time to rent the house out. And because the you know we couldn't get enough rent to cover their bills or whatever it might be. And that's where we as agents have to do what's right for the clients. And that might be a short-term rental on introducing them to Roman. And with that abundance mindset that we both have, it's all going to come back to us in the end. And if we're doing the right thing, we're successful. And that's what we're here for. And that's one of the reasons why I you know, personally like to partner with Roman because he's a guy that I trust. And I want to make sure that he's doing the best to take care of my clients. And so we want to make sure we're doing the right thing for our community. And, you know, that's what's important. And that's why we love Dripping Springs. That's why we love Austin, South Austin and this whole area. It's full of guys like Roman. And, and that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of and happy to call him a friend and happy to call him a competitor and a collaborator. Welcome to the Sold on Drip podcast, your ultimate destination for all things Dripping Springs. I am your host, Bill Caffaretta, and we are here to celebrate what makes this town the best place to live in the Texas Hill Country. It's amazing people. Join us as we sit down with local residents and business owners to hear their stories, learn why they love this community and are proud to call it home. We will be spotlighting their businesses, find out why they choose to serve the people of Dripping Springs, and dive into the local events that bring our community together. Our finger is always on the pulse, and we will be keeping you informed about how our rapid growth and development is impacting our schools, resources, and the local real estate market. Whether you're a lifelong resident or you have just discovered Dripping Springs, you will soon know why we are all sold on Drip. Thanks for joining and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Sold on Drip podcast. I'm your host, Bill Caffaretta, and I'm really excited for this week's guest, Roman Tomkiv with Casago Vacation Rentals. Roman is a passionate hospitality entrepreneur and a real estate investor. We're going to learn a lot today about real estate and different options here in Dripping Springs. And uh, if you want to follow Roman on social media, I highly recommend it. His, his name on Instagram is Roman underscore hospitality underscore expert. You can simply find him on Facebook at Roman Tomkiv. There's not too many guys out there with that name, so he's easy to find. Welcome, Roman. I'm super excited to have you today. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's dive right in and let's let's learn about Roman, man. Who is Roman and what makes Roman go? Awesome. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of unpack, but I'll just keep it short and and, and sweet. Um, can I maybe start from the beginning, whereas as you can probably say from my first name and last name, um, I wasn't born here. I came originally from Ukraine back in 2000, kind of for college. And then obviously I never came, you know, I never left, um, lived in like New York, Jersey area for about 20 years. And then kind of right before COVID, um, I found myself in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in finance before in the property management, the real estate investing space. So it was like I spent about a decade on, on Wall Street. So that was a quite of experience. And right before COVID, left New York moved to Charlotte, worked in Charlotte for a little bit, and then COVID hit. Um, and that new opportunity came along, like, wow, I can still work and travel, like the whole remote work. Obviously, being in you know, financial services industry is really 
kind of strict and conservative. You, you know, you got to come to work. There's not a lot of working from home, but that opportunity came in all. And I got, you know, I got to travel. And then as, as we were kind of going back to the office, you're probably not wearing a t-shirt to work in the financial industry either. Yes. (laughs) So, and as we were like thinking about, I'm like, all right, I got to use this crisis, right? There's even a good saying, don't let good crisis go to waste. I'm like, I got to find a way not to go back to the office. So that was kind of my big, big aha North Star um, goal. I mean, I had some previous real estate investing experience, but never like, you know, acting like a run in the business, you know, given like I'm, I'm running a property management business. Right. So all these kind of moves, you know, got me to Charlotte and, you know, got me to Denver and then got me here where I am, like Austin Dripping Springs area. So kind of keep it, keep it, you know, short um kind of ukrainian born raised in jersey new york area um giants fan i guess i'll say yankees fan as well so you'll feel better bill i know you're a yankees fan um and i'm here the reason again travel about 40 45 different states seeing a lot of the places and texas kind of crosses a lot of the boxes while they're great people great business opportunities it just you know great place to be so kind of keep it you know, 20 years in like two and a half minutes. That's, that's me. That's what I do. Uh, married us. We had our first wedding anniversary just uh, this year. So it was super exciting. Um, no kids yet. We have a little a cat, Tommy. So basically we joke and that's our kid. This is basically a test before mm-hmm. we get, you know, get kids. It's just, Oh, okay. I have to think about, think about somebody else. I got to feed him. I got to make sure he's okay. So just being less selfish. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely, and it's, it's great fun, a lot of energy. Um, avid runner, do triathlons in the spare time. So I'm just keeping myself busy. Um, but yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Well, kids are a little bit more work. Diapers are kind of like litter boxes. So you can kind of let them, let them do that. Them, right? A little bit more, yeah, but that's a good step. Um, well, welcome, man. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, and welcome to Texas. So, I, I man, I, I totally feel where you're coming from in not wanting to go back to the office. I actually very similar. I mean, I went from teaching and being in the classroom eight hours a day, and then COVID, where I was home and got to spend time with the kids, and then when I had been doing real estate, but then when the quadruplets were born, I was like, "There's no way I can go back." I just can't do it. I mean, I've, I've learned personally, and you're probably in the same boat now. I don't want to speak for you, but I've become 100% unemployable. There's yeah, exactly. It's like one of those, like they can't put you back in a box, right? Like once you're out of there, it's, it's just almost, and I'm thinking to myself, obviously I'm not, you know, not complaining. I have great experience, man, great people. I mean, again, I'm looking at everything that was the lesson for me to be here where I am, right? Like I'm all around, you know, glass half full, but yeah, to your point, like I would have done it, you know, 10 years earlier, right? Kind of doing it on my own. Um, So, but then again, COVID had to happen in order for me to get out of that because it just, again, I was part of that great resignation where people just leaving jobs in droves because they found there's other way to do things versus like, the you know the normal quote unquote it that whole scenario changed our lives in so many ways and look i don't want to minimize it in any way i mean it was terrible people were sick people passed away i mean it was bad and i feel guilty 
personally saying this, but it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. I was home. We were safe. I got to spend every day with my daughter during the time when she was two. You know, I mean, if I was if I was working and in, in the classroom, I would have missed that time with her. And coming out of it, we realized like how much we can live our life by our own design and create the life we want and the business we want and the hours we want and work as much or as little as we want and do things that matter. Uh, and I, I see you everywhere, man. I see you. I mean, we're going to be an I group together. I see you at chamber events. I see you at happy hours. You've been all over the place since you've moved to the Dripping Springs area. Well, I kind of like, again, thinking it, my, my wife gives me, gives me, uh, you know, saying, no, no, no. Because no. I think in my mind, I'm not doing enough, right? I'm always like beating myself. Oh, I should be doing more. I should be doing this. She's like, no, you're, you're crazy. Like, we just moved here almost a year ago. And you're like, you know, all these people, you go to these different events. I'm like, oh, my God, we moved here. Literally, we just knew like one person. So I'm all about commitment and like jumping in like with full force and not thinking about like half committing right i kind of call it half pregnant you can't be half pregnant either you're pregnant or you're not <laughs> yeah so you're like you're going all in and plus like i said i love the people great community so it's just if i want to get out like i want to learn more i want to learn about the area i want to learn about the market so just just to kind of be part of that community and see how can i help and and you know and grow with the community it's a testament to the area as well. I mean, South Austin and Dripping Springs, the fact that you've been here a year, you knew one person and now you seemingly know everybody. It's just the, the, the kind of people we have here in this area. You know, you see people, it's an area where a lot of people are moving here. It's been that way for a decade. And I mean, you can move to Austin, Dripping Springs, and it's like you've lived here forever with the type of people that you're meeting. Yeah, 100%. I think wherever you go, you you don't feel like a lot of, you know, stigma about Texas, especially you coming from Northeast. It's, it, it feels like, right, sometimes it's a different country because you see Texas flags everywhere. I'm like, am I in the States or I'm in Texas, right? So, right. but no, like you said, awesome people. Everything is great. You know, sometimes uh, I survived the, the summer, but I, I'll take that versus, you know, 20 below in Colorado. Oh, well, I mean, coming from those New Jersey winters, man, it's there's I'll take these hot summers any day this year. This year got me, though. This one was a tough one. It was it was rough, but mostly because I couldn't get the kids outside. They were just they'd go outside. The One day we took them to the park. I had actually just gotten over COVID. I was coming out of it and felt fine until I was pushing their pushing their wagon up the hill. Couldn't breathe. Finally get to the park. It's hot. We're there. I don't even know. Three minutes, four minutes. And the babies found the littlest bit of shade. And my five-year-old was like, dad, we need to leave. I am melting. It is too hot. I'm like, girl, I just pushed you guys up a hill and I can barely breathe after being sick for a week. We're staying here. We're about 15 minutes and we were gone. Just couldn't get them outside. It's, 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 it was tough. But the, the, the trade-off though, for not having those cold winters, I mean, we're, what do we get? Two weeks of really cold through. We get one big storm a year now. You know, yeah, in February and then there's no there's no there's no snow or yeah yeah it's it's like I said it's almost feels like you can go out and about every day without thinking looking at the forecast you yep. just kind of go and do your thing. The the year I knew that I was where I needed to be, a good buddy of mine came to visit. It was right around Christmas. I think he came in like flying back to Jersey on Christmas Eve or it was like around that time. And we were outside by the lake in flip-flops and t-shirts drinking margaritas the day before Christmas Eve. 
Yeah, there you so go. What is this? Like he was going back to a snowstorm in Jersey and just we don't realize how good we have it here. Yeah, yeah. No, like I said, especially being like 40 plus different states. I mean, California has a separate place in my my life, like the mm. southern, you know, SoCal, that's totally different. But like Austin is 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 awesome and, and all well, I mean, let's be honest, what's what's better than San Diego? Yeah. The best. Just can't Austin. Like Austin right now, it's probably better than San Diego in June. That's where we yeah. had our first wedding anniversary. We went to June 10, and we were like, it was like 65. I was like, what's this? And then obviously it's a June gloom, and I really yeah. didn't get the. So map. you you were there the week before me because I went later in June, or it might have been early July. No, it was before, before the fourth. It was late June. I showed up the day after all the June gloom was over. Got in the Uber and the guy's like, oh, man, you picked a good day. Today's the first sign of your day. And we were there for a week. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so tell me, first wedding anniversary, where'd you meet your wife? Oh, it's... What's, uh, what's that story? COVID, right? Like, we honestly, we met online, like, during, like, COVID hit. And I just, I'm a big personal development guy. Uh, I don't know if you heard about Landmark. So I just finished, literally, 2020 in February, I finished Landmark. They have this... Uh, introduction program and then obviously COVID hit and then I see the message through LinkedIn the guy he's a coach for Landmark obviously he got laid off they were just because there were no courses there's nothing right and I signed up with him and I was at the time was kind of all right I want to kind of settle down and then start a family because that was my kind of next big goal as far as career was I, I was good in that sense and I signed up with him. We started coaching like May 2020. And then for whatever reason, I kind of met met with her online. She was in Dubai. So she's also Ukrainian. So she worked in Dubai at that time. And obviously COVID hit. So she was just, you know, nothing worked. So they were just sitting in uh in uh like uh hotel rooms because every everybody's there's a lot of expats coming from all over the world and they she worked for the four seasons, so they had like a first season, but then they had like accommodation for the staff. Right. So we probably spoke for four or five months, and then I went to Dubai in December. Imagine I was I lived in Charlotte at the time, drove to Atlanta. It's you know the most the busiest inter, uh, airport in the world. Literally, it was just one terminal open. I think maybe three or four flights. It was only one Starbucks open and like some Chinese food. So wow. I flew, literally, I, like the whole row was for me. I just literally just could sleep on a row. And like literally a couple of people, everybody masked up. So it was a quite a crazy experience. So we flew from, from Atlanta to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to Dubai. The whole plane was packed, sardines. It was like, because you fly to Dubai, it's like nothing happens. I mean, everybody yeah. got to wear a mask, but... Everything is open, people out and about, businesses. So it was like, oh, my God, this is. And like first time in Dubai, like, where am I? Right. So it was a quite, quite cool experience. And then, you know, going back and forth, I ended up living in Dubai for four months with her, just to kind of get to know her. Um, and then went to Ukraine where my parents and her parents were, so we were like back and forth, back and forth. And then she was in Ukraine and then the war broke out in 22 last year. Mm. So I was able to get her out of the country and actually we kind of got her through the immigration and we got married uh, that year in Denver. So nice. a lot of, yeah, I was telling like, we're going to tell, that's a cool story to tell our kids. 
future kids of how we met and how we, you know, ended up here together. It's a modern love story. I mean, like I said, love it or hate it, social media, like just right. Like if you're stuck during COVID, like that's the only mean of communication. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I have been together forever, but a huge piece of our relationship revolved around AOL Instant Messenger, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And that was the... Are you guys from the same? She's from Jersey as well? Yeah, kind of. Um, she is... She was her, her father's a Marine, so her parents met in North Carolina uh, when they were on base there. And then she was born in Georgia, moved to Japan, and then came okay. back to Japan, and then was back and forth between Texas and New Jersey. She was there from sixth grade on. We met in college, and she has a lot of family here. And then we wound up moving here... When was it? January third, twenty ten. Drove across the country, and um, it was after the you know the economic collapse in the Northeast. And we, uh, she had just graduated nursing school and couldn't get a job because every hospital, all these hospitals were laying off or closing um, in in Manhattan. So there was a bunch of really experienced nurses who who couldn't even get jobs, and the new grads couldn't even get interviews. Uh, I had just gotten laid off. I used to work in outdoor advertising sales in Manhattan, so I used to sell bus wraps, billboards, train stations, all that stuff. Um, ad budgets were slashed. So I was working jobs I hated and moved here, like just came to visit. Our first night ever in Austin um, was we came in, we went to the hotel, went to Salt Lick for all you can eat barbecue and BYOB. I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest place I've ever been. <laughs> went back, took a little nap went out and the first night here was Halloween on sixth street. And I was like, I'm sold. We're in. And wound up coming back home in the, it was November. We moved out of our apartment at the end of November. We both moved in with our parents, packed up our stuff. And we were here January of that next year and never looked back. Yeah. Austin yeah, just place to be. You're, you're came in. It feels like even 20 years ago, I hear it's like this place been booming since, I don't know, seventies or eighties. It's always, well, we Always. saw we saw the massive growth because just when we first got here in 2010, and then we moved to Dripping Springs about six, seven years ago, and like living in South Austin and just seeing it. I mean, every time you went downtown, there was a new skyscraper going up or new something, and it's just really, it's really exploded, man. It's a great place to be. I, we like it here. I mean, we the goal was you know two years get a master's degree and go back to Jersey, but we had already built a house and we weren't going anywhere. Yeah, it's going well. So. Um, awesome. Well, you're here. You love it. Kind of heard the got the love story out of you. What uh talk about let's hear about Costago, man. What 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 can we learn about Costago as a company and 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 how how you fit into the equation and and kind of what made you choose that route? I think that's a good story of kind of like me jumping in full in, right? Like either with my, you know, kind of finance career of like me going to school, getting an MBA and just kind of plain full out basically right and the same same thing with with Costco again into this to this kind of franchise model the property management business so like my real estate I've been probably real estate investor for, for the last 10 to 12 years like passive I have some stuff back in Ukraine where my parents um you know they again proved to the real estate like building wealth and having passive income they all retired but they have 
well, you know, kind of their own. And I have a couple of properties that they rent and they use that income for their, you know, nobody cares about social security, especially now in kind of Ukraine and war and everything like, but they have property. So I knew the power of real estate investing, especially for, you know, collecting rent, long-term rent. So that's, you know, that's, that's golden. Again, as, as you know, maybe that's kind of, you can share also your story, but um COVID again, like COVID, like, like I said, we moved to Charlotte. I moved to Charlotte. I bought a duplex, right? That's my favorite. I don't know if, you know, your audience here, like house hacking normally, but that's a house hacking. So I bought a duplex. I lived in one unit. I was renting the other one. So the first year I would rent it as a long-term rental, uh, which is fine. You know, just probably, I think I was collecting 1500 bucks. My rent, like my mortgage, like two. So I was pretty much spending 500 bucks to live in a nice, it's a, three, two on an acre. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good property. And then COVID hit my tenant left that I couldn't find a new tenant. I probably went through like 40 or 50 different interviews. And I was like, you know, I don't know, like nobody what's going on. And then our, my friend, he's like, we have a mutual friend. She was doing, it's called arbitrage. Basically you go rent the long-term rental and then you use that property for the short-term rental. And she was like, would you be interested in doing that? And I'm like, you know what? I don't really care as long as you pay me and the place isn't good, you know, that's fine. So that she started doing that. I started seeing income coming in and then the COVID hit. I was like, you know what, let me, why can't I just travel and you can Airbnb my place. Right. So literally like the, it's, it's the moment I listed and that was, that I was going to Dubai, the place got booked for like a month and a half. And I was like, wow. So it pretty much paid for all my trip and then some, so I was like, that's it, I'm sold, right? And I kind of enjoyed the whole being active and it's a part of, it's it's a def, different, it's a real estate services, but obviously it's not, you know, it, it's different than people think it's a passive, like you just kind of collect rent and anything like that. But that's kind of my, my, my passion for being, you know, providing service for people experiences. So kind of move. Let's go back to that term house hacking. So- we're in this. We understand that. I want to make sure that our listeners really get that too. So basically the way that works and you can house hack with a multifamily property, whether it's duplex, triplex, quadplex, or even in, in, a, in a regular home. Um, so in doing that, what you're doing is you're living there and you have a duplex. So you live in one side, the tenant lives on the other side and they're paying their rent, which is then subsidizing basically your mortgage and you're paying very little or you know, even if that was a tri or a quad and you're collecting two or three rents, you're basically living for free. So there, there's so many opportunities to do that in, in the real estate world. And you can even do that in a single family home. So let's say you, you see this a lot near college campuses where I can go buy a four bedroom house near a college campus, especially if your kid goes to college there, you buy the home, they get a couple of roommates, those roommates are paying rent, they're paying the whole mortgage and you're just, living free and building equity and having an opportunity to build wealth through real estate. That's, that's actually, that's a, there's a, there's another term for it now. It's more called co-living. It's actually, that's, that's like exactly what you're saying. Even sometimes people do buy three or four bedroom home, but if there's a room to expand, they will like make another two bedrooms and like, boom, there you go. You have seven, 800 bucks a room. And then it's pretty much guaranteed rent. It's it's like midterm, right? Like kind of rent by the room scenario. So yeah, that's, and again, that's the the best way to kind of get in, especially if you have a, 
you know, W2 if you're the first time home buyer, you can get that with as little as three and a half to five percent down. Boom, get that first property, you know, do it for a year and then you kind of go get another one. And you can um, even do that. So if you can't necessarily qualify on your own, like let's say you and I wanted to do that, we could go in together and buy the house together and have two incomes in order to create that opportunity and get that mortgage and and you know, we stay as roommates, maybe we bring in that third person and it just makes everybody's living expenses go down. And just a plug of like the whole again, and you were probably on the same page with uh, conventional education. And like I got, you know, bachelor's, master's, like nobody taught me that in school. And I was, I remember when I found all those things out, I was like mad of like, how come nobody like teaches this stuff, right? It should be taught in like college, like how to, you know, master your financial kind of education, credit card, how to use debt, how do you buy properties, right? Like it just, it boggles my mind up to this day. First of all, we're, we're two guys from New Jersey. So pissed is the worst thing we say. We're in good shape. But you're right, man. You don't learn that stuff in school. And that's one of the things as a former teacher that frustrates me. And you see, like, I graduated college with so much debt. It was unbelievable. Like, you're just not taught at a young age how to manage that from anybody. So I had student loan debt, which was astronomical. I had probably $18,000 in credit card debt because, I mean, this is, you know, the early 2000s when, I mean, it was predatory. They were just sending you credit cards in the mail and they were real credit cards. All you had to do was punch in the pin, get the code, call it, and you have a credit card. It's Thursday night. You're in college. You get this credit card with a $2,000 limit on it. We're going to the bar, man. Like, that's just, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it wasn't right. They're not doing that as much now, but, you know, just learning those things. I mean, I, I graduated college with like a 404 credit score. And it took me a decade oh. to get back to where it was. And like now, finally, like in the 800s, it took me almost 20 years to get there from mistakes I made in college because I just didn't know any better because we weren't taught that. And especially the real estate idea, man, I would have been in this so much earlier if I just knew. Just didn't know. And there's so many, I actually had posted something on Dripping Springs Neighbors about a month ago. Because what I want to do this spring is create a course where we meet like monthly or every other week. And we just, it's for, it'll be for high school juniors and seniors and their parents to just talk about the topics that we never learned about, to talk about what it looks like to really get a student loan, to talk about what it looks like to have to do your taxes, to talk about what it looks like to buy real estate, to get a mortgage, to do all these things, basic life skills that you just don't learn in high school. And you learn those lessons when it's too late. Yeah, basically business. I, I thought you were there. We had the Chamber uh, Coffee Connected. I believe it was June because we skipped July. And we had a high school student. I don't know if you remember that. Like either subbing or just visiting. Right? Oh, that was to, one of the Marriott. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. right? Like getting that real life experience because, you you know, it was a high like, how sad to say a lot of the professor in colleges, universities, they just, they don't have that real life experience. But you can be, you know, book smart and everything is perfect on paper. Once you're going, you know, day right. one in real business scenarios, it's it's totally different, right? Like Mike Tyson says, you can have all the plans. Once you get punched in the face, everything changes. So um, I definitely love your idea. Kind of, again, share what you went through and how they can, you know, say potentially 15 to 20 years of knowing, right? Because like, once you know, you cannot unknown and you're like, oh man, I got to, how to buy that first property, how to do that either house hack or 
start a business, right? Just do something that's really gonna propel me to to those goals. And I look at it too, and like I, I, as somebody who's been a teacher and has gone through this, I'm just not a not the biggest believer in the college experience anymore as much as I used to be because first of all, the cost is astronomical. And just you just don't get that experience and you just go from 12th to 13th grade and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. And a lot of times you don't need that. I mean, I look at myself, I have my bachelor's degree and I have my master's degree and I still have student loans paying those off and I don't use them. And you just get so much more life experience being an entrepreneur and building a business than you ever. It's a big, big thing. Like you can go and, and, and create wealth through entrepreneurship and business and investing or have a job where you, you know, you're comfortable, it's fine, but you don't learn what it is to be a, you know, a person in society who has, who has to pick those things up on your own. If you can learn those at a young age, you are so much better off. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm you're better know than anybody else. Kelly Williams, right? Like you, you probably know how many of their agents, like even under 30 that are crushing it, that probably never mm -hmm. went to college. Right. So that's. Oh, without, without question. I mean, I'm, you know, with, with that and like KWYP and you see these people all over the country who are just crushing it and they just figured it out. And, you know, real estate's powerful. And we're seeing that here in Dripping Springs. We're seeing that with, a lot of short-term rentals. We're seeing this area, you know, known as the wedding capital of Texas, tons of wineries, tons of wedding venues, and a lot of Airbnb properties that have been popping up. And 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 you're out here managing a good handful of those. So so how how is that looking? How's that rental market here in Jumping Springs? Kind of, I know we're, we're asking me about Costa go ahead and up there. So maybe that's a good segue. Yeah. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back to Sidetrack. Yeah. So again, the reason I Kind of start out like I bought a place up in Colorado, started, you know, getting some clients, getting an idea. Okay, I like this. I want to do this full time. I want to have my own property management business. And then I met with Steve Schwab, who's the the founder, um, and Ryan Dame, he's a partner, like the, the two guys they've been in the business for, you know, combined probably 40, 45 years. And my idea was how can I, you know, kind of go connect with the people best in the industry, right? basically learn all their mistakes and basically, you know, accelerate the growth versus going on my own, figuring out what software I need to use or, you know, what operating procedures, like all that stuff. Like, again, that was kind of the no brainer. Um, basically getting in a franchise, which is a little bit different than other like McDonald's franchise, where they pretty much tell you, you know, how to mop the floors and how to greet folks. This is more, I would say there's freedom for me to do what I get to do. It's my business, but I use their expertise, their support, their wisdom with wisdom and all their kind of being a collective team. There's about 80 of us as different franchise owners. So, um, and the reason we're here, because I, like I said, I love the market. I wanted to be in the area where I want to live and, and grow my family, not just for the business. Right. So you checked a lot of boxes, you know, great state, great big city, you have an airport, you can fly around the world. So that was kind of the thing that I could get to travel. Um, great business opportunity from like growing the business. Right? I talked about Dripping Springs, you have Fredericksburg, um, Horseshoe Bay is just a huge, huge market. And it's a drive to market, right? It's, it's from, if you think about recession or even higher gas prices, a person in Dallas or Houston, they can just jump in their car and be here in two, three hours. 
they don't have to buy a flight ticket, right? So that was another appealing, like from the market research perspective. And it's more or less a year-round market, right? It's every anything, you know, everything's kind of yes, there's winter, like you said, a couple of weeks, and then maybe hot summer, but for the most part, it's it's a pretty pretty, you know, um kind of balanced year, if you will, in terms of seasons. So who is actually renting their homes on a short-term basis? You know, we obviously we, we've spoken on investors who might just be purchasing it for that. That's kind of obvious, but who could do this? Who could actually rent out the property or can, you know, maybe it's a smaller home on a property. What does that look like for the average person who might be able to make a little extra money with what they already have? So perfect example, we can start from the small, like, as you know, we have in Texas, a lot of big lots, right? Like it's a big property. You have a home and a lot of the time people have like the additional ADUs, like the little dwellings or a garage and have a little apartment on top of it. So that could be a good start, right? As long as it's, you know, one or two bedroom and has a separate entrance, that's a good starter of like, hey, why don't we make additional income? And, and at the same time, provide that hospitality that people want. We don't have a lot of, you know, hotels in the area. And as you know, with upcoming solar eclipse, and I have a feeling once, whatever they say, half a million, two million people are going to come to the area, they're going to discover hill country for them for the first and they were like well i love this place i want to go back right so that's going to create even more you know three four five ten years down the line it'll just open up this market to the to the whole country right because i was in denver like where's hill country what is it like right people don't know i think outside of texas nobody really knows what what's a hill country um to kind of go back to your to your question again Folks that have a small, literally, they live on a property, they have a small apartment or a small, like, um, kind of ADU, or some folks that live in Houston and Dallas have it as a second home. They like to come here maybe once a month, once every quarter, but then the rest of the time, it's good to generate some income so it covers their mortgage and makes some additional income for them. So that's another person or could be a person in Austin to have that second home property. They like to visit kind of uh, discharge from, you know, hustle and bustle. And they come here maybe every other month um, or given the market, you know, if you, if you can't sell the property, but you're still paying the mortgage on it, why don't, you know, put it on the market for 16 to 12 months, see if you can kind of make some money with a short-term rental market recovers, see if you can put back on the market. So, I like to think from how can we solve your problem with the asset you currently have? Because I think again, going back to a lot of people just don't know what they don't know. And now like, oh, wow, I have this asset. Like, how can I use it, leverage it to at least either break even or if it's paid off, make some additional income? So in doing that, there's short-term rental, long-term rental. And, you know, long-term rental, from my perspective, you know, in the real estate world, it's safe. You know what you're making each month. You're going to, you know, cover your bills, cover your mortgage. You know, at the very least, you want to be breaking even. I know with our higher taxes, it's been a little bit tougher as that's gone up. But, you're, you know, you're breaking even. You're making some small cash flow. But what could that financial difference be from short term? Like, let's use an example of maybe a home. I'll throw out some numbers. Your mortgage is $2,000 a month and you're bringing in $2,300, $2,500 a month on a, on a, on a long-term rental for a tenant that's there for a year two years, what could that look like on the short-term side? And what could your profits actually look like 
when you're looking at a daily rate versus a monthly rate? And how can you increase that with some add-ons that make the place more desirable? Yeah, so I like to say to, to my clients and just in general, like almost every property could be a long-term rental, but not every property could be a short-term rental, right? And I think that's a lot of the times people might, might think, oh man, I can throw anything on Airbnb and make money. Like, well, especially now with kind of, you know, a little bit of Airbnb, it's not, everybody knows Airbnb these days, right? Like it's, especially during COVID, everybody was like, well, let me just put my property, you know, make a killing. But, you know, you, you, have, you have to be right property. It has to be in a, in a, you know, desirable location. Again, if it's close to the breweries or there's a lake or something, right? So, it's it's kind of I would answer it depends, but you can easily double or triple your your you know that let's say that two thousand dollars you can definitely make four or six um, if you're doing it again if you're investing into furniture doing some design right like just think of it from that perspective of again because with the long term you're pretty much just renting a vacant there's nothing right there's no furnishing nothing there's nothing really for you to invest. Um, as long as it has to be livable, livable place. So it has to be definitely person has to have that investor mindset of like putting some money down, like investing in the property to make a good, good for property to stand out, invest in a good, you know, professional photography um, and all those kind of, you know, that's, that's the minimal. That's, that's a must these days, uh, especially in the area we are now, like Austin, like Dripping Spring. These are one of the, you know, countries most, competitive markets um and there's you know quite a number of people doing themselves that are kind of figured out how to you know invest a good amount of money into the property so you can generate a good amount of income out of that property and the important piece about these properties that you see the successful ones they create an experience you're not just exactly i can go to a holiday inn to sleep but if I want to go somewhere that has a nice patio, maybe has a good sunset, has a stock tank pool or a hot tub or just something that makes that home part of the vacation, I want to go there. You know, you, there's a trade-off between the hotel industry and, and, and Airbnb, but again, it's still hospitality. And you'll see a lot of these places will have partnerships with the local breweries or will have partnerships with the local Turo, you know, so there's a car available for you or whatever it might be. And the more of an experience you make it, in my experience that I've seen, it just makes it that much better of a of a trip. Yeah, and again, like you just you just nailed it. Like whenever I drive, like if I do on a long trip, like driving, I don't like if I need to stop to sleep, I don't look for Airbnb. It's cheaper to stop at you know your local Holiday Inn, you sleep and then you drive again. Like, but when you're coming to the place, like you know, Dripping Springs or Fredericksburg, like people come for, for experience to relax. Um, so for them, like even cool, you know, cool feature, something like unique in the property, that's why they're there. Uh, that's kind of what draws their attention. We're human beings. We like catchy things. Like that first photo, like has to be, you know, you're the best photo in the property. Um, has to be something catchy and unique, like just, you know, putting furniture and putting on the market, like it's, it's not going to move the needle. Um, unless it's again, last thing people just, you know, they need a place to stay. They'll, they'll stay at your place. Well, and there's something also to be said in this industry about repeat and referral business. I mean, my family and I are you know heading out to Florida coming up here and we go to the same, you know, spot. We go to seaside Florida every October 
And we're three years in a row now staying in the exact same property because it works for us. It's nice. It's a good price. It's clean. It's in a great community with an amazing pool. And there, you go right across the street and there's a big area with restaurants and an outdoor turf area and a large screen TV. And they play children's, you know, the movies for the kids and they can go watch the movie and mom and dad can have a beer. And it's just a great place. And we've been there now three years in a row. And anytime anybody asks me, where do you go? I'm like, you got to stay here. And we've actually been in the same unit the past three years just because the layout really works well for us. But I mean, I send people to this, this area every single time anyone asks. And it's just because we've had a fantastic experience. Right. It's, it's like, you're coming back to the experience. Cause in your mind, like you're going, you know, let's say you were there last year and now you're going, you're going, you're coming back to the experience. Cause you had a great experience. Now you're stacking experience, like experience, more experience. And now you're like, it's kind of like going back to your, you know, I go back to Ukraine to my hometown. It's kind of, I'm going back to those experiences, right? Like I, I think, I know maybe not a good example, but to your point, yes. Once you create that experience, people want to, they're not, they don't much care about, oh, it's a four or five bedroom. They, they think in terms of like amenities or the views or the location, right? They don't really, it's almost like that, you know, I don't know if you heard the saying like vacation brain, like people for some reason just, start thinking you know rationally and like common sense disappears and they all <laughs> vacation and like oh, having fun. well it starts before vacation because what i've always realized and i'm going through it right now is you spend more money preparing to go on vacation having to get all the little things and extra toiletries and i need this and this and then before you know it you spend all this money before you even get on vacation and all that sense is already gone yeah yeah so it's it, and again you want to make sure because Again, a lot of the times people save the whole year to go on vacation, right? And when they get there, the last thing you want to like, oh, they didn't have, you know, good check-in instruction. The experience is horrible, right? It's everything just stacks up, right? Like it's kind of hard to brush off. They're waiting for this vacation for a year and then it's really, you know, lackluster or like it's horrible experience. So again, it's, it's. The biggest things you're looking for in this world, I mean, I think, you know, you're the expert. Number one, it's got to be clean. It's got to be clean. The pictures have to be a representation of what the property actually is. Because I've gone to some where you go there and you're like, oh, these pictures were <laughs> not what this place looks like. Um, and then also looking for add-ons. It's really nice. Like, especially like if you're going to Florida or you're going somewhere and you have access to a golf cart and then they charge more nightly rent for that. Or we're going and we know that when we go to this place, they're going to have beach chairs and boogie boards and sand toys. And we don't have to bring all that stuff because it's in the garage and we get to use it. And that's just helpful and adds on. And then the biggest thing, what's most important and why this really needs to be a hospitality industry are your reviews and how much your reviews actually matter. Yeah, well, it's live and die by reviews, right? It's again, I think we become that society wherever you look, you have Amazon reviews, Airbnb reviews. You know, for you as a realtor, Google business reviews, it's all out there, social media. So it became more transparent. And I think it's a good thing. Like that way you can kind of raise your standards and keep your standards, not like, oh, I can hide this bad experience somehow. Like, no, um, no, 100%. Again, I I used to do like, and I still kind of recommend of like, if I get a chance, like staying in the property, for example, for the owner, if they want to, um, you know, place their property, let's say with us as a management, stay in the property and, and kind of put your renter's hat and make sure everything works, right? Like 
imagine you were staying in this place as a as a you know as a guest and like see if everything works what doesn't work like right almost like test it before we kind of give it to the to the guests because the last thing you want like oh man this doesn't work oh we forgot to do this right because you're like could be rushing and trying to onboard the property and set everything up and then all these little things kind of fall through the cracks well as many rental like positive experience i've had and i've had some bad ones too i mean uh, this summer when we went to san diego uh my buddy and cody and i were there teaching some classes in in la and then we were going to san diego we weren't sure if we were going to stay in LA an extra night or go to San Diego. So we left that night open and we were driving down the coast and I was looking for an Airbnb. Everything was just last minute. San Diego is so expensive. We found this great deal. We're like, great. It's just perfect spot to sleep for the night. We're going to go to the nice Airbnb the next day. We were hoping we could get the front end day on that one, but it got booked. So we just go there early. We figured it out. We show up with just a little studio over um, Balboa Park. Never was cleaned. Beds are dirty. It's We got in late. It's nine o'clock. You know, we call, but what was really important though, as bad as that was, it was mess. They come through the night for us, told us where we can get clean sheets, what we could do. And so it's your call. Like you can stay there, you can go find a hotel. And we looked, it was at this point, it's 1030 at night. We made the bed, slept there. They comp the night. The experience, you know, when we showed up was terrible because of the dirty room, but the, 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 the concierge experience from the, the owner of that, she was so apologetic. And, you know, I still left her a five-star review, even though, because, you know, the cleaning person, and this is just part of, it, it's important who is the team that you surround yourself with. She was under the impression it was cleaned. The cleaning person just never showed up that way. So it wasn't her fault, but she made it right in the end. Yeah, you know, again, communication, right? And I think a lot of, and I keep telling like newer hosts or people like, I think communication, it's the the easiest way to get like five star reviews and like again perfect example in your scenario if for whatever reason you know the team kind of screwed up they took the ownership but you communicated you were proactive like boom you got a five star right everybody happy at the end so mm -hmm. i think like anything like if you're kind of especially for folks they want to do it themselves like i always say not every property could be you know managed because it's either too small for what other reason but some folks want to do it themselves, right? Like, so communication, it's the the number one, like the, the most easiest and something you can kind of do it immediately. Just be communicative upfront, proactive, and make sure during the stay, after the stay, everything, make sure they're all happy and, and five-star review pretty much guaranteed. Even if you do think you can do it yourself or you do want to go that route, I, I mean, I believe it's still really important to talk to an expert about it. Like you should talk to Roman, you should get a estimate on what this property could look like, you know, even before you do that decision and you can look at it and see if maybe management's for you, maybe it's not, but talking to an expert to find out if it's even the right move is important. And that, you know, that's not something you're going to charge for if somebody just wants a consultation. Yeah. You know, I'm all about, like I said, I'm in the abundance mindset. There's plenty for everybody. Like I would love for, People, you know, because again, I'm coming from the same. I, I'm a host myself. I own property. So um, there's no, I'm, all, I'm open book in that sense for sure. And it's just like doing that extra research and finding out, like you helped me out with some clients down in Canyon Lake who we were considering buying a more expensive home so they could Airbnb it when they weren't there. But at this, you know, in the end, it, it, you just, where they were and where they were looking, the numbers didn't work out. It wasn't worth buying the extra home. And 
that didn't cost either one of us anything. It was just sharing expertise. And then the client was happy in the end because they didn't get into something they shouldn't have gotten into. Exactly. That's that's the, right? Like, I think people think, oh my God, I want to get into this, but it just might not be right, right? Maybe doing the long-term, again, going back to my, every property almost could be long-term, but not every property could be short-term. 100%. Like, and again, you're, you know, we're in the same people business, uh, providing services, making sure that we help them kind of guide them, right? We're not, again, it's for them to make decisions, but like, I'll just kind of from my own experience and expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Now for, so Costco, we talked a lot about short-term, are you guys also doing long-term management as well? Not, but we partner with, with, uh, we have a good company that do long-term. So it's, um, we don't do, we just, at the moment we do short-term again, I'm, I'm a believer in sticking to the one thing we're good at and just, because it's a totally different business model operations, um, different kind of software, different different process of onboarding, and then opens up right like more than thirty days. There's different laws because the guest becomes a tenant, so you have you know tenant laws. Right. Um, with guests, there's you know it's a different laws around that. We talked a lot about general Airbnb type properties and you know the ability to have like an apartment garage or a whole home or a vacation home. One of the things that's always been intriguing to me, and we saw this firsthand with a listing that I had is a luxury Airbnb, where you can actually look at big homes, expensive homes. And these things can be money makers where, I mean, you can, you know, the, the one home I'm thinking of was that lake home on Lake Austin that I had for sale that we were having a little bit of trouble with. And we wanted to show what it could be as a, as a short-term rental. And then I even took that to my clients to see if there was something they wanted to do. I mean, we were looking at a house that you had projected was going to bring in over $350,000 a year. Yeah, that was, I remember that was a, that was a, a nice property. Yeah. So I mean, you see this and if you're somebody who, who has a really, you know, this isn't just like the smaller properties or the extra room I mean, you could have a big, really nice house. And this one really made sense because on Lake Austin gated community, very, very, very private. And you got to think, man, people, who have a lot of money, people who are very private, celebrities, they're always in and out of Austin and they always need somewhere to stay. And they're not staying at the hotels downtown. They're finding something a lot more private. And these are options that, I mean, this house was, it was a $2 million house making 350 a year. I mean, that's a huge cash on cash return if that's the route you want to look at and go down as an investor or a homeowner. Yeah, and again, coming into this, uh, I like to always tell my you know prospects or clients like, what's your goal? What's your why? Right? Like, because it'll, and again, these the people who are renting those properties, those are again they buying for experience, they're renting for experience, and they have certain expectations, right? So it kind of creates a different kind of caliber of of people, and then the property owners that own those properties, they have to be in the line with, you know catering to those guys, like making sure that the property is on par with the expectation. So it's definitely, it definitely has to be in alignment with, you know, a, a property owner, property manager, and making sure that we have that guest, the right guest in mind. What does it look like in Austin as far as the general short-term rental market? I know there's been a lot of information and misinformation of where you can and can't rent and like those kind of laws. So like, just generally, and, and I know we've talked a lot about the Hill Country, but even if you're in, in the city or in the city limits or in the ETJ, where can you have a short-term rental property within Austin and the surrounding communities? Well, I think, 
again, I'm more expert on here, but from, from what I know and kind of connect with my other groups in Austin, technically there haven't been any new as, as of today, was it October? Um, it still technically has to be owner occupied, right? Like how do you, it, it's either a room or the ADU on your property um, in the, in the city, city of limits. Austin, the city limits. Yeah. It's a city of, yeah, city limits. But last time I checked, there was more than 10,000 listings and there's only a handful of permits. So kind of tells you how, how, and they don't really have resources. I think it's like, they can't just turn half of a city resources to go after people that, doing rentals. So, but I know it, it's kind of gray area, but Austin in general, it's pretty, pretty saturated because it's a great place to be. Everybody wants to be here, right? And everybody who bought a place, given, you know, the mortgage, they want to make some money to, to cover those expenses. So I can't, I can't blame them. And what, I mean, you know, what if, what if someone is going to Europe for the summer or somebody's going on a long vacation or, they have a new job and they're not sure if they want to sell their home yet. So they're going to go test out the new city. They have to move in for three months. I mean, those are opportunities where instead of letting the house sit vacant, you can get somebody in there on a short-term basis and make some money and, and have somebody else pay in that mortgage plus some. Yeah. Or have you probably heard like midterm, a lot of traveling nurses, that's a good, Oh, for example, if perfect example, if you're moving out for three or six months, you don't want to do short-term rental because it's, one property management is just not long enough commitment to take it on, right? It takes at least six to nine months to ramp up the property, get reviews and everything. They can rent as a as a midterm, right? Do a three months or six months. So there's there's definitely opportunities. Um, again, short term, you got midterm and then long term, right? I think long term is more conventionally we think it's a year plus, but technically. If it's more than 30 days, right, then it's technically becomes a midterm slash long term. Yeah, and that's HOA specific too. Like some will say six months or more, and that's kind of all the yeah, time you're in. It's not really clearly defined, right? But I know as long as yeah, short term, yeah. it's less that's than why, 30 days. You know, that's why these are conversations we can have. Like, you know, Roman and I can work with you if you have questions. I mean, I even know people who will just rent their house out the week of South by Southwest, or we have ACL going on this weekend. Yeah, people need somewhere to stay, and you can get big, big money during these weekends when people are in town. I mean, whether it's ACL, South by Southwest, F1, the I mean, coming up here next year with the Eclipse. I mean, these are going to be huge events. People need somewhere to stay, and they're willing to pay big dollars for 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 a nice home. Yeah, and think think of like maybe three or five years out. It's as the city grows, like it's just going to be more people coming here, right? And if you have that, oh, how can I get on that? Either either buy a property or maybe you know build an addition or something. Like keep that in mind as this area will just keep growing and the demand for travel will just keep increasing. So and again, like long term, in real estate, you kind of be long term because there's not much. Everything is is long term in real estate, right? Like you you can buy today, but you gain your appreciation in years. No day trading real estate. What's that? No day trading real estate. Yeah, no day trading. Yeah. So one final question I have for you, and I know we've talked about this being a real estate agent, and I've seen you have this conversation with other real estate agents, is everybody seems to think that we're enemies, that you get somebody who's a short-term renter, I lose out on my opportunity to 
get a commission or work with them and and do what's best for my, you know, I want to do what's best for my client, but you guys actually have a program where you tie real estate agents in and it's, it's advantageous for them to do the right thing and make sure that we're presenting. So what, what does that look like with the program that, that y'all have a real estate agent? Yeah, it's, so, so we can, yeah, we technically kind of have like two two programs. Obviously one is a referral based, right? Like, like getting, uh, uh, and it, it, it varies, depends on the property from 500 to a thousand per property. But then we'll also have the second one, it's a, a, we call them lifetime of leads. And basically what that means, for example, Billy, if you bring a property into our, a referral owner into a property uh, program, property management program, we'll use your information in, uh, you know, digital guidebook. Uh, we'll send like a survey to each owner. If they decide to buy a property in the area, your name will pop up. Basically, you'll become a preferred vendor as an agent for every guest that stays in that property for how long that property stays in our in our uh, program. So only takes one, basically, you know, and it, it costs you nothing, right? Like it's it's a it's a free marketing advertising. So I think that's um, that's kind of the cool cool feature that we offer. And it's our fiduciary duty to our clients to be doing the right thing, and that's where this new market and this evolving Austin real estate market is. Where I mean, I've man, I've lost out on probably five or six listings this year because I was completely honest with my clients. I told them it wasn't the right move to sell or it wasn't the right time to rent the house out. And because the, you know, we couldn't get enough rent to cover their bills or whatever it might be. And that's where we as agents have to do what's right for the clients. And that might be a short-term rental on introducing them to Roman. And with that abundance mindset that we both have, it's all going to come back to us in the end. And if we're doing the right thing, we're successful. And that's what we're here for. And that's one of the reasons why I, you know, personally, I like to partner with Roman because he's a guy that I trust and I want to make sure that he's doing the best to take care of my clients and make me look like a rock star for the referral. Yeah, and, and let's kind of maybe end with, uh, are you familiar with Simon Sinek? Uh, start with why. Mm -hmm. So he yep. like talks about the finite and infinite game, right? The finite, it's basically transactional, right? Once you finish transaction, the relationship is over. But you're you know, working... On an infinite game, like it never ends, right? It's kind of like you can't you can't lose if you don't quit. Same same idea, same mindset, right? Like it's, and I think a lot of different businesses, people are like, oh my god, this is my territory. Oh my, this is like my clients. I'm just going to be protective. Like I'm a big believer. Like whatever is supposed to be mine is going to be mine, and what's yours is yours. So it just becomes easier to share and communicate and collaborate because. If you think about it, we all competitors, but like if you have that mindset, like what that more like a enemy mindset, it's it's not really going to help. Yeah, I mean we're competitors as collaborators, and we want to make sure we're doing the right thing for our community, and you know that's what's important, and that's why we love Dripping Springs. That's why we love Austin, South Austin, and this whole area. Fantastic place to be, and it's full of guys like Roman, and and that's something that I'm I'm, I'm proud of, and happy to call him a friend, and. Happy to call him a competitor and a collaborator. Yeah, man. Thank you. We almost have our same birthday, huh? A day apart or two. So, oh, so um, yeah. anything else you wanted to, to share or did we kind of hit all of it? No, I think, like I said, I'm, I'm still learning, always be learning and growing. I'm, I'm really open to uh, for, for your audience to uh, to reach out if any questions. I'm, I mean, we're all business owners, always growing. It's it's always every day is, is 
something you need, something interesting, you know, either new people, new business opportunities. So I'm, I'm always open to learn and share what I learned. Well, go out ahead and, and find Roman at uh, Roman underscore hospitality underscore expert. If you have any questions on the short-term rental game, you can reach out to Roman. Any questions on how to acquire a short-term rental and you want to take a look, I'm happy to help and, and see where we can find you something. And, and Roman and I will work together to make sure we can find out what your goals are and how to achieve them. So Roman, yeah. thanks again for coming. It's great having you. Um, learned a lot about you. And um, Thanks, Bill. Yeah, appreciate it. Likewise. Reach out, and we hope that this episode made you even more sold on Drip. Thank you for listening to the Sold on Drip podcast. Please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you would like to connect, learn more about Dripping Springs, or have any questions regarding Central Texas real estate, you can find me at soldondrip.com or on Instagram at Bill Caffaretta. I hope to see you around town.